0: Join us now as a variety of publishing pros will deliver insights and strategies to take the author to the next, next level of publishing. It's your guide to book publishing everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and the Book Shepherd. And now, here's your host, Dr. Judith Bryles.
1: Well, it's another fabulous day at Author You, your guide to book publishing. And one of the things that always comes up besides how do I market my books? Um, and dealing with the fact that you're going to have to market it is is also the publicity side of it. And so we're going to give you a double whammy today. We're going to talk about a little bit of publicity and marketing. And what we have is one of the premier, really pioneering, I believe, experts in building book buzz, which includes that marketing and that publicity side. And Sandra Beckwith is going to be with us the entire hour. And Sandy is an author herself. She's award winning former publicist. She shares expertise with others as a bookmarking trainer and coach. And she has one of the best, best blogs out there, the Build Book Buzz, which I would encourage all of you just to go to buildbookbuzz.com and sign up for a blog and a free uh, e-newsletter that comes out twice a month, because it's all these chock-full of ideas, how-tos that are relevant, that are current, that um, won't break your bank in doing. A lot of times they're just freebies that you can take and run with. And, and with that said, I want to welcome Sandy to the program today, because I want to just jump right in. She's full of ideas for both fiction and non-fiction authors. Hi, Sandy. How are you?
2: Good, Judith. How are you? I'm
1: great today. I mean, it's, it's, it's snowing again in Colorado, where I'm home-based. I don't know how you're doing on the East Coast, where you are. It's been in the you news know, a lot.
2: I'm in Rochester, New York, western New York, and it was minus 7 when I woke up this morning, and it's not going to get much better. So, so i got a cup of hot tea right here to keep me warm, and I'm all set.
1: Well, me too. I always work with hot tea at my side. So let's just jump into this. So you talk about using publicity to build book buzz. What is the, what is the author who is really naive in this area? What are some of the steps that they need to do to start thinking to build the juice up?
2: Oh, that's a great question, and um, and a good point, Judith. Um, you mentioned the author who's naive in this area, and that's actually most authors. Uh, most of them do not use publicity to promote their books the way they should. So, uh, you know, I'm hoping we'll, you know, get some light bulbs going off over people's heads today. The The first thing I think that's really important is to define publicity for our listeners, Um uh, Sometimes people use the word interchangeably with advertising. For You know, yeah, foreign, yeah, you know for example, when I get interviewed um, locally on the news, somebody will say, oh, I saw your ad on Channel 9 yesterday. And, I, you know, I'm so literal that I stop and think for a minute and think, saw my ad, I have no advertising budget. I never spend money on advertising. Oh, she's talking about my news interview. So, you know, advertising... You buy, you pay for it, you create it so it looks exactly or sounds exactly the way you want it to, and you pay to have it appear in a media outlet on a specific day or, you know, if it's TV or radio or online at a specific time. So you have complete control over it. It's your message the way you want to express it.
1: With publicity. Right. Yeah, so, you, and that, the, the critical factor then, that is, Sandy, is have they got their message down that's concise and succinct and clear that will connect with whoever they're trying to connect with?
2: Exactly, and you have to be, um, you have to be practiced at communicating that message when you're generating publicity because publicity is that free media exposure you get when you're interviewed by the press or online, you know, an online media outlet or by a blogger online. So it's free, but you can't control it. The only ele- only thing you really can do to control it, as you've mentioned it, is be really clear on the messages you want to communicate about your book or about the subject so that Um, it it gets heard appropriately and it gets used. The other thing about publicity is you are really at the mercy of the media gatekeepers, and those media gatekeepers are, are journalists or producers or editors. You provide them with the information for a newsworthy story or segment, but it's up to them to decide whether it's a good fit for their readers or listeners or viewers. So you can't control if it gets used You can't control when it gets used, and sometimes you can do an interview and you're not even sure that your quotes are going to make the final piece, Mm -hmm. which all sounds like, gosh, well, then why would I do it? You know, Judith, that you do it because it is at least ten times more valuable than advertising because it brings with it that implied editorial endorsement. People believe what they read in a magazine um, or what they see um, on TV news or what they hear in an interview during drive-time radio. They don't always believe what they see in an ad because they know that somebody paid for that ad. They know that it's selling something. When you're interviewed, if you do it properly, it's not real clear that you're selling something because you're actually sharing information that people will want when you're doing the interview. So it's... um, it's more credible because you're clearly not selling something, although, wink, wink, you are. Um, <laughs> and, exactly. And that, ga- you know, that gatekeeper said, hey, this person knows her stuff, and that's why I'm talking to her today. So, and you kind of a know, long explanation a critical there. point Sandy
1: that the difference between that advertising and that feature on the news and we, and we all know that there's a lot of bs that floats around in feature stories and news but for whatever reason because they got picked up because you knew how to pitch it you were clear succinct etc then you get to move kind of to the top of the roll.
2: Exactly. It it builds credibility and authority for you the author. And the more of this publicity you get, the more credibility and authority you have, and you keep moving up, you know, the top of the food chain, not only in reputation, but also in online searches, because a lot of this um, content is archived online. You know, your daily newspaper is probably like mine. If it's in the print edition, it's also in the online edition, which is findable by search engines. So, and then of course there are all the online opportunities that don't have a print component, but when somebody searches for your topic, you will come up farther in the search engine results because you've done so much publicity to um talk about and promote the topic which might be your book. Exactly,
1: and then, you know, I, I actually just got through writing for an article, so five or ten—I don't know how many points I'm going to come up with—but I had a very interesting conversation with someone saying, "You know, who needs a website today?" And I and I just said, "Oh, everybody, <laughs> everybody." That's shocking. Have- but It was shocking to me um, because that we are, depending on what stats you read, I don't know if you whatever the latest stats are, but I certainly know it's 80% plus of at least the U.S. is connected on the Internet, 80% plus. So if your name as that expert or that author is not easily found, if you're not findable in a quick Google search with your name and or your title, you know, you go down the pits, and you it's got to lead to your website. You've got to have all this up on your website. And, you and know, it's shocking to me <laughs> that, that there's still that belief floating around.
2: And not to take us off topic, but when I hear authors say, well, you know, I don't think I'm going to have a website. What they usually say, Judith, and I'm wondering if you hear this too, what they usually mm. say is, well, I'm going to have a Facebook author page. And and my response to that, the you know, the key thing about that that everybody needs to know is, if Facebook disappears tomorrow, so does your online presence. So you can have an author page as a supplemental tactic, but you do not want it to be your primary online presence because you can't, you, you can't control it, you don't own it. If it goes away, so do you. So just be careful about that
1: and oh my gosh is that a critical element you just said because as as a non-fan of facebook it makes me cuckoo um that because of all the changes i never know what day it's uh, you know it could be tuesday in facebook land it's you know
2: sunday um <laughs> <laughs> that's very true <laughs> it's like why but, am i seeing this content that was put up three days ago what day is it did it, i get and why tomorrow? did it only
1: go out to three people you know yeah i'm right so, there
2: but, with you but but the other <laughs> (laughs) thing is
1: though your website is always your website it's always there it's always present so it 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 becomes the website is actually the fail safe it's your fail safe fallback
2: exactly that and an email list because you'll own the email list but again you won't own twitter you won't own linkedin you won't own pinterest or instagram instagram or facebook but you'll own your website and you'll own your email list
1: so maybe one of the, you know, this is also a sidebar here, but maybe one of the strategies, because I'm certainly seeing less people signing up for email because, you know, here what we authors do is we're so good about putting out, oh, I've got a new blog up, I've got a new this, and we let people know so they can come and just read it instead of getting them signed up for the RSS feeds and and all that. So maybe what a campaign needs to be do to build up your publicity strategy is Get people to sign up, get people. you've got to get them to sign up so you can capture their emails and know who they are.
2: Yes, and you know one way to do that, Judith, that's a great point. One way to do that with publicity is to offer a free gift to people who opt in to your mailing list on your website. You know you would have a template um, connected to right. an email um list service company on your website. And you can encourage people to give up their email address and get on your list by giving them a free digital download of some type. Like, for example, mine, if you subscribe to my um, bi-weekly newsletter, you get uh, a download that's my top top five free book promotion resources. You know, it's five gems that I've uncovered that that I'm just so happy to share with authors. But I, I offer it free in exchange for your email list. If you do that sort of thing, what you can do is then send out a press release announcing that free gift that you are giving people. Uh, And with that, let's hold that
1: thought because let's come back to that. We're going to take our quick break, but everyone, go to Build Book Buzz and get Sandy's freebie right now. We'll be right back.
0: This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Briles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Many of us have dreamed of writing a book.
3: Some of us even have. Then the hard work starts. You'll need an editor. Who will design the cover or typeset the pages? Who will format the ebook? If you're a business owner, consultant, or coach with a serious message and expertise to share, the team of experts at 1106design can guide you through the maze.
1: They've helped more than 1,000 authors create top-quality books and avoid the not-so-reputable self-publishing companies.
3: Learn more at 1106design.com. Then
1: call Michelle at 602 602- 866-3226-1106 Design.
4: Is there a book in you or another? Author You will show you how to create, develop, and publish your book without being hoodwinked. If you already have a book out,
0: This is the TokyNet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge.
3: First impressions are everything in the world of book publishing. Whether your book is an e book, a print version, or both, your book cover needs to pop, sizzle, and sparkle to immediately capture the attention of your audience. And your book's interior needs to be just as dynamic and reflect the professionalism your readers demand. Nick Selinger of NZ Graphics has won numerous national and international book awards for his cover designs and interior layouts. With over 20 years of experience in graphic design, he knows what it takes to create award-winning books and the many promotional pieces that authors need, such as posters, banners, postcards, one-sheets, business cards, logos, and more. Visit ncgraphics.com and see what authors and publishers have to say about their award-winning books and how NZ Graphics can make your book the success it was meant to be. That's nzgraphics.com.
0: Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book, If you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Riles.
1: Well, with me on this fabulous, fabulous day is Sandra Beckwith. She has a phenomenal uh, easing, or newsletter, I guess, e-newsletter, I should call it, that you all should be signing up for, and you can get a hold of her top, top five gems to develop your book sources, your book sense, and everything else just by going to the website buildbookbuzz.com, and just clicking and putting your email in, and you will now have a new pen pal for life. So with that, Sandy, we were talking about, um, so first of all, the difference between advertising, which is paid and people don't believe it, most of it, because it's paid, versus being featured, whether it's on a news program or on a segment or whatever, because you've been deemed to be worthy to be featured, therefore it must be true. That, that's kind of the given that the public takes. Is that correct?
2: Yes, and that's publicity, when you're, when you're featured and interviewed. Exactly.
1: So that's what you want to take and run with. So that's a good idea. And I I have to share with you one time when I was featured in People magazine on one of my books that I it was it was a kick. I was on a plane and it, the flight attendants were reading the article and it just, "Oh, you're kidding." Yeah, that was a kick. Um, oh, you know, fun. as they sit back there, I went back there and and I asked them, what, you know, what do you think? It's just, "Oh, this is amazing." I said, "Well, that's about my book."
2: Oh, you that is so cool. It. All right.
1: Yeah, so that was a kick. All right. So um what are some of the essentials um for creating the mindset that will get the public uh, in all forms buzzing about an author?
2: Yeah, the the one when it comes to publicity, the one thing that authors really need to do and And it's not intuitive to them for whatever reason. But what authors need to do is to see themselves as experts. And, Judith, I think this will be a little more obvious for nonfiction than it is for fiction. So I'll talk about how fiction authors can sort of reshape their attitude around this, too. <laughs>
1: well, we, we could tell that to the ghost of Tom Clancy, you know. <laughs> yes. He became the expert yes. in terrorism.
2: <laughs> a- exactly. That, but that's exactly right. Isn't that how it ended up as a result? Yeah. And that's a yeah. that's a great yeah. example. So, you know, if you've written a nonfiction book about a topic, you know enough about it to be an expert. And I, I can't tell you, Judith, how many authors I speak to who say, well, I mean, I just wrote a book. That doesn't make me an expert. Oh, yeah, it does make you an expert. And what counts is not if you think you're an expert. What counts is if those media gatekeepers see you as an expert. And, in fact, they do. You know, a short little sidebar, um, my fr- I got my first book publishing contract, as a result of publicity, I generated for a subscription newsletter I published called the Doolittle Report, which took a lighthearted look at male behavior. It basically explained male behavior to women. Long story short, I got a <laughs> phenomenal amount of publicity when I launched the first issue with a press release. And, um, you know, my dad, was, my dad was seeing me interviewed like on Eye to Eye with Connie Chung. And he called me after the interview, and he goes, Honey... They referred to you as a relationship expert because I thought you went to college for journalism and public relations. And I laughed and I said that's right dad. I wrote eight pages in a newsletter about male behavior and all of a sudden I'm a relationship expert and if if CBS says I am, damn it dad, I guess I am. You know, and we laughed about it because it it didn't ma- the reality didn't matter. It was the perception that counted, and I was perceived as a relationship expert and you know voila, there I was so i I want you know people who have written a whole book to know that yes, you're an expert now with fiction, you use Tom Clancy, great example, let's talk about romance writers,
1: oh yeah.
2: Yes, who knows more about romance than somebody who writes book after book after book in a romance series. So romance writers, I hope we're all out there over the weekend giving tips and advice to their local newspapers and TV stations and radio stations about how to be more romantic all year, not just Valentine's Day, or the best romantic gifts to give on Valentine's Day, or how to plan a romantic dinner at home for your significant other on Valentine's Day. And, of course, you know, we need romance year-round. So romance authors can be out there talking about how to be romantic, you know, every day of the year if if they choose. So that's just one way to, do, to look at it. Um, let's say people who write historical novels, they tend... To do a lot of research to make sure that their historical novels are historically accurate. That involves a lot of um, a lot of digging and a lot of sifting and a lot of sorting. Well, let's say Judith, that I want to um, document my family's history. Maybe I even want to create a family tree, do some genealogy. who you know who am I going to listen to? You know, my next door neighbor? or to somebody who does this every day while writing a historical novel, somebody who can say to me, well, for what you're doing, look here, don't look there, here are some good online resources that can help you, that sort of thing. So somebody who writes say historical fiction can be giving advice to consumers through the media about how to research family histories and family stories or perhaps even how to write an older help help an older relative Write down their family history. So there's so much potential there for novelists as well as nonfiction authors. So this
1: Well, area. Then, you know, let's, let's jump into, I mean, r- since romance takes 30% of the print book sales in fiction, yeah. I do know that. But let's get one of the, you know, the one that continues to grow is certainly sci-fi and fantasy, which is huge. And that when you look at, I mean, I'm an old Star Trek fan. And when I look at the things, since so we were looking, laughing at one of the older ones, um, from the flimsy costumes to fill in the blank. On a old, almost a black and white, it looked like. But as we watched it, that so much of what they chattered about is really some of the things that we're doing right now today. Yeah, right sure. now today, and well, that they're visionaries. You know, sci-fi yes. is visionary, and it's it's a good way to read and tie into it. So sci-fi people should be put putting their
2: expertise down as futurist. Exactly, they can be futurists, make predictions. Um, and how fun that would be, you know, at the end of the year to predict what the world will look like in 20 years or whatever. But that's That's a press release, Sandy. You could do a press release with that.
1: You know, you you could actually get your other sci-fi cronies coming in. Here are the top ten predictions that current sci-fi is writing about that you will be using within five years. I mean, you could have fun with that.
2: Yes, and each one of those cronies has a book linked to his or her name, and then that book title goes into that press release, which gets picked up, and let's say you've got ten people contributing to that press release, it looks neutral to the media because it's got ten different sources in it. It's not just one person talking. Mm -hmm. Um, And all ten of those authors then get a lot of um, sometimes global media exposure that way.
1: Right so what we're talking about is creating a
2: basket of cronies
1: <laughs> that yes. you can you know go out and and it, you know we're still early in the year right now um, you know it's February as we as this is first rolling out and there'll be legs on this all year long but there are things that you can pick up and and actually one of the things I'll recommend for all of our listeners is you know just google um, weird holidays and things like that and you can get monthly what the weird holiday is I make posters every day for them that I put up on all my social media but it, you could put those up and you could even tie in there's flavors of the month you could pick a flavor of the month. How does it tie in with your book? Create that press release and see what happens. I mean, you run with it.
2: Exactly. And you know, it's so funny you mention that. I do that every um, couple of months in my newsletter. I will offer a list of quirky holidays for the month and give authors some suggestions about how they can leverage that quirky holiday, you know, depending on what their book is about. So that's actually one of my favorite um, The tricks, and instead of bookmarking the site that lists them, I just type into Google quirky holidays March, and I get the same site every time, and it's probably the same one you use, Exactly. um, it can be a lot of fun. So for the
1: month, March coming up, we have Irish American Month, you've got Music in Your Schools Month, you've got National Craft Month, you've got Frozen Food Month, you've got Nutrition Month, Peanut Month, Red Cross Month, Social Workers Month, and Women's History Month. All things that you can have fun with.
2: Yep, and you send out a press release offering some kind of tips or advice related to that. Um, you know, drop in your book title as your credential and bam, you get lots of free exposure.
1: I mean, every little bit hips. I mean, and you never know what hooky thing. I mean, if it's a dead news day, they may just jump on it Um, and and you just don't. You just don't know. The other thing I'm going to suggest to everyone is where Sandy had mentioned, you know, the print and the online. For example, I'm based out of Denver, Colorado, and the Denver Post has something called Your Hub every Thursday. They have a print edition within the print, but they also have online every day. You can submit. You can just even upload your own stories into that, and they review and decide whether or not they're going to run with it, and bang, you're out. So take advantage of all of this.
2: Now, related to that, Judith, you know, as we continue our stream of consciousness conversation here, <laughs> r- related to that. You know what, Sandy, I'm
1: going to tell you to hold on to that for a yep. second. We te- Tease it. We've got 15 seconds before this next break. So give you a I quick want,
2: tease, and I then want we'll to jump tell into you, it. I'll tell you how to use paid press release distribution services to take that a couple of notches higher.
1: Oh, I love that idea. So this is the shout out time. All right, so with me is Sandy Beckwith, and she is brilliant when it comes to publicity and strategy for you and your book. We'll be right back. <laughs>
0: This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Briles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these.
3: Since 1987, Color House Graphics has set the standard for quality book production. Whether you decide to print a small quantity of books or need a large print run, depend on Color House to help you. You'll receive professional help and advice the moment you reach one of our representatives. If you mention hearing about us on your guide to book publishing, Judith Briles, we will provide you with a discount on the first order you place. To speak with a project manager, call us toll-free at 800-454-1916 or visit us at www.colorhousegraphics.com.
0: This is the TokiNet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge.
4: When Ned Thompson and Harry Shore started Thompson Shore in 1972, they believed employees with great character would make up the best company. They were right. They hired people who were not only experts in bookmaking, but who were obsessed with quality and delivering exceptional customer service. Almost 40 years later, Thompson Shore remains a 100% employee-owned company. Ned and Harry knew that successful customer projects are a direct result of empowered employees. We specialize in all books for large and small publishers, creating beautiful and well-made books. We're dedicated to pleasing our customers by making the experience a good one from start to finish. The personal touch we have with our customers allows us to be innovative in solving their most difficult challenges. Our platform also ensures that we can remain flexible to meet our customers' unique needs and expectations. Our marketing kit can create buzz for your title, enhancing the promotion of your book during infancy. When you need to test the market to gauge your future sales, we can provide digitally printed books that will transition seamlessly into a larger offset run. From e-book to hard copy to delivery, our skillful customer service teams are at the ready
0: Welcome back to Your Guide to Book Publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Coming up, you'll hear more about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles.
1: Well, one of the great things that happens every May, the first full weekend in May, is the Author You Extravaganza. And we have over 20 amazing experts and authors in publishing coming in to Denver, Colorado, you should be coming in too. One of those experts is my guest today, Sandra Beckwith, and she will be not only there giving a presentation that you don't want to miss, but she will also be available just to brainstorm with, to network with, because our authors don't swoop in, our speakers don't swoop in, and do their speech and split. They hang out, they're available, And you want to be there if you want to be seriously successful. If you want to take your authoring and your publishing to whatever your next next level is, if you're just beginning and you're an author to be or you're already established and your book is doing well, it can do better. If it's limping along, we can get it off the ground and get it moving again. Go to AuthorU.org, just click on the Events tab, and the entire agenda is there. Go now, author you, dot org. All right, Sandy, so we're talking about mindset. And I know we're doing a little segue, building that buzz, but also a lot of the things that we've been talking about is how to attract media attention. So let's say that we're getting their attention. What are some of the best and easiest ways to use for publicity tactics, for the author, for, you know, the beginner as well as the advanced?
2: Can I can I backtrack just one second to what we sure. teased before the break about? Um, oh yes, I forgot about that. Sorry yeah, about that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's okay. I I wrote a note to myself to make sure that we we got back oh, good. to it. All right. You the know, this, yeah. You mentioned how your newspaper has that that hub that hub on <laughs> Thursday, your and hub. you can uh-huh. upload your stories. Well, here's here's a tip related to that. The paid press release distribution services that include PR web and e-releases, and I've actually got links to both of them on the resource page of my site at buildbookbuzz.com. They also distribute to the major daily newspapers that include, you know, the New York Times. Those press releases, when they distribute it to those major daily newspapers, many, many, many of those papers upload those press releases onto their site. They don't make it into the print version of the newspaper. They don't even make it into the official online version of the newspaper, but they are on the newspaper's website, and the newspapers do that for SEO reasons, search engine optimization reasons. They host our press releases on their newspaper sites, so that people searching for the topic of the press release find that content on the newspaper's website, and then while they're on the site, maybe they respond to the advertisers or they go to the full newspaper edition, that sort of thing. So if you're using a paid press release distribution service, you can get your press release hosted on the site of, let's say, oh, the the Houston Chronicle, and then you can say as seen in the Houston Chronicle, because if you can, you know, get that link that shows that your press release got used and is up on the Houston Chronicle website, it was used by the Houston Chronicle. So then you've got that, you know, as seen in logo, Houston Chronicle, that you can put on your website and your marketing materials. So that was just a little sidebar.
1: Oh no, I think that's really important. So it's a, it's a, it's a, a little deviation, uh, yeah. actually getting it out or then picking it up, but it's the thing of your referencing. I mean, that's why I've said when people who have had reviews, and really when they've been killer, I mean, not, not killer fabulous, but killer, oh my god, nobody, I hope nobody yeah. sees this review, yeah. that if we dig down deep enough, we can find a line that might be used and i had a friend who went on to sell over a million books in bookstores of her book um had bashed at the via the wall street journal but we found a line in a two-column review that actually we used and we pulled that out we extracted it and had the wall street journal
2: Yeah, that's what they do to promote movies when you see the the commercials for movies on television. You know, they might have pulled, you know, I was shocked, you know, Variety magazine. The the whole quote might have been, I was shocked by how crappy this movie is. (laughs) But You know, but they pulled out, I was shocked because it's a suspense thriller, you know. So there you go. All right, so was your question about... Tactics is that what you were asking? Yes. Me before yeah, I, I wanted to jump into time. some
1: of those um, publicity tactics that that you know yeah. your experience that you found that they consistently they 're perennials, they always work, and then maybe some new improved or um, oddball things that might work
2: okay, so the the tried and true are basically there are two tools that that you use that relate to tactics, um, one is the press release. And the other is a pitch letter. Now, a press release always announces news, and it's it's it has to have news in it. It has to be newsworthy, and it's written in a journalistic style, meaning you write a press release just like you'd um, a story that you'd read in the newspaper or a news item that you'd read in a newspaper. Now, that's that is used for general kinds of announcements, like maybe you've. Um, hosted a contest and um, you're announcing the winners of the contest. Or maybe you did a survey and came up with a top ten list based on the survey responses, and so you're announcing your top ten list. Or maybe you're doing a local book signing or a local appearance or perhaps a local presentation. You would announce that in a press release. If you've won an award, you would announce it in a press release. Now, there's a specific kind of press release that is incredibly, incredibly valuable to authors, and yet most of them don't use it, and it's called a tip sheet. And a tip sheet is a press release that offers uh, tips or advice in a bulleted or numbered format. So a tip sheet starts with a problem, a commonly asked question that your, um, your book audience has. It starts with a problem and then you state the problem in your first paragraph. You drop in a quote with your perspective on the problem, and you identify yourself as, you know, says Judith Bryles, comma, Ph.D., comma, author of blah, blah, blah. And blah, blah, blah is the book title that's relevant to the problem stated in the first paragraph. And then you say, you know, Dr. Bryles offers the following tips, for solving problem X, Y, Z. And then you offer tips or advice. It can be three tips. It can be seven tips. It can be nine tips. But you offer tips and advice based on your knowledge and your experience that help the readers solve the problem that you've stated in the first paragraph. Media outlets love tip sheets. They just love them. And, And you will see them when you read your paper, when you read a magazine, when you look at blog posts, you will see this you will see their stories presented as tips and advice over and over and over. And many of them, you know, start with tip sheets. And authors are in the perfect position to do this. Again, whether they write fiction or nonfiction. You know, we were talking about those novelists, you know, using their expertise that you know, that they acquired researching or writing the book. Um, to get publicity, a tip sheet is one way to package that uh, expertise and that knowledge. And like other press releases, you send tip sheets out to the media outlets that would be most interested in that. So that's, you know, one one tactic slash tool that I really, really recommend. And I've got information on how to write tip sheets on my um, website. Just go to my blog page, scroll down to the, there's a, a, like a, column on the right. Scroll down on the right. Blank box. That's a search box. Just type in tip sheet and you'll get a list of um, articles and resources on how to write and distribute a tip sheet. Now, the other tool that I mentioned is the pitch letter. And Judith, you probably know better than anybody that a pitch letter is basically a a compelling email that you write to a media outlet that suggests a story or segment idea, uh, you know, sort of describes the idea Explains why it's relevant to their audience, and then also explains why you would be an expert resource for an interview for that story or segment idea. Mm-hmm. In, you know, for freelance writers, this is what if, you've, if we've got anybody listening who you know is a freelance writer for a living, they know how to write p- pitch letters. This is what they do to get business. Now, when those freelance writers become authors, they forget that they can use that same pitch letter model to pitch themselves as an expert of a book. And the difference is they're not going to write the article. They're going to be interviewed for the article. So um, it's really just a, um, a sales piece, a sales letter that you send to a journalist with an idea for a story, an explanation of why it's a good idea, and then a brief explanation of why they really can't do that story well unless they interview you. And if you're really smart, Judith, not only do you offer yourself as an expert resource, you also offer other people who could be interviewed for an article because those of us who read a lot know that magazine articles and newspaper articles, um, even a lot of times TV talk show segments, don't always rely on one source. With print, they rarely rely on one source. They're going to talk to as many people as possible. And they might even do sort of a point counterpoint kind of approach. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. If you you know, Sandy, do that work I did that for when,
1: them. Yeah, I did that when I pitched Oprah and all those shows with my, one of my breakout books which was Woman to Woman from Sabotage Support. Not only did I do the pitch, but I said and I'm the expert, I you know, my doctorate's in this and I've got the book. But I also said, Here are four or five uh, people who were interviewed, who went through, you know, all these things that would be available to come on the show. I helped produce their show. And exactly. we snagged
2: huge national publicity that way. That's huge. That's exactly how to do it. You then, um, are do, you did exactly what I'm saying. You not only provide, you know, other perhaps industry resources to interview, but you provided the anecdotes. And this works especially well when people have an issue that they're promoting. Um, all right. So uh, now we have to
1: hold. We have one yep. more break here. You <laughs> so know, promoting, we come back, and then we're going to hit three things at the end here for everyone. And I guess we have to have you back, Sandy. We'll be right back. Yeah. This is Judith Briles. It's all through you, your guide to book publishing. <laughs>
4: By the way, Briles is spelled B R I L E S. Follow Judith on Twitter at mybookshepherd and on Facebook at the Book Shepherd.
0: This is the Tokinet Radio
4: Network, radio with a cutting edge.
5: Call us at 1-800-465-5200 for a quote on your next book project. You can also visit our website at www.tps1.com.
1: Well, in our final segment with the expert and master of building book buzz, Sandra Beckwith, we were talking about some of the best and easiest ways to create publicity tactics, and she was talking about the pitch sheet um, and tip sheets. And, and what other kinds of sheets do we have out here, Sandy?
2: You know, I because authors can get overwhelmed so easily, I try to get them to focus on, you know, understanding what a press release is, how to write one and um how to how to write one that's effective and how to use it and the one that all authors really should have is that press release that announces their book because that goes out with their review copies. So if they can master that um book announcement press release, that's important. Tip sheets can be used on an ongoing basis to keep your book in the headlines uh, just, you know, month after month after month. And then, pitch letters you used when you you know you've got a specific story targeting a specific media outlet because you want you don't want to be mass mailing your pitches, um which is what actually a lot of the pros do, and it's incredibly ineffective, and I'll tell you that because I'm on the receiving end of a lot of them because I'm a freelance writer also um, you want to target your pitches so that the ideas you have are specific to the media outlet that you know is watched, you know, read or listened to by your book's target audience.
1: And that's kind of the bottom line, you know. It, 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 well, it goes back to the first thing every author needs to know is know who their target audience is. As, and as you know, Sandy, a lot of them don't.
2: That's exactly right. A lot of them will say, well, it's everybody. Um, or, well, it's all women 18 plus. And, yeah, and then, you know, when I teach my online courses, I... I spend a lot of time helping them see that, um, helping them understand why, no, it's not everybody. And we kind of work through that audience development process so that by the end of that process, they realize, oh, it's not everybody. It's actually just this subset of everybody. Mm -hmm. So, yes, and and once you know, once you're clear on that subset of everybody who is most likely to be interested in your book – Then you do a little more work to figure out what they read, watch, and listen to. And then you work to get your book in front of them. You know, for example, if you write young adult fiction, you know, it probably shouldn't be going after the daily newspaper because, sad to say, uh, young people are reading newspapers less and less. They're getting their news and information in other ways. But they're really big on um, social networks that include um, Instagram. So figure out how you should be using Instagram. Some of them are using Pinterest. So, so figure out where they are and then be creative about how you get your book in front of them where they are.
1: Yep, And that's the bottom line. All right. So let's talk about um, how you build, what are some steps on building the publicity media list?
2: This is so important. And you know, Judith, you, um, for some authors, do-it-yourself is the best approach. Um, and for others, um, they're better off using a uh, press release distribution service. And, you know, I mentioned a couple that are on the mm-hmm. resources yep. page of my website. Yep. That's, that's a mass mailing approach. And for press releases, that can work really well. But let's talk about the author with a niche book. Um, and just for the sake of simplicity, that, let's use one of mine. One of my books is um, called Publicity for Nonprofits, and it has a subtitle, but not important. When Publicity for Nonprofits was released by the publisher, I supported the in-house publicist efforts by handcrafting a media list of trade magazines that serve the target audience of the book. And for me, my target audience was a professional communicator who worked at a nonprofit, Um, probably wasn't high up in the food chain because my book was very much here's how to do it as opposed to theory and here's how to convince your board that you need to do it. There wasn't any theory there. It was just basically here's what you need to know and here's how to execute it. So I knew what trade magazines they were likely to read and i developed i i went online to tell you the truth mm-hmm. and i did some google searching and i used another great um resource bacon's media directories um you can get mm-hmm. them in library reference sections and i figured out all right the nonprofit communicators read these magazines and there are several for the nonprofit world and there are several for the professional communicator world so i included those and i also included advertising and marketing publications and gave that list, you know, the the name, it was the address, it was the um, specific name of the right person to contact at the magazine. I mean, I just did a lot of digging to make sure I had a very handcrafted, personalized distribution list to send review copies to with a book announcement press release. And because of that, I had not only fantastic book reviews, but I also had a steady stream of requests for me to write bylined articles for those trade journals because the book was so relevant to their readership. So that is really the kind of thing that we need authors to do more of, figuring out what are the best magazines for the readers of this book and then how can I put together through a lot of research a mailing list that I then stay in touch with with news on an ongoing basis
1: and so and that's where you can time. send out those tip sheets and a variety of exactly. things exactly creating that's,
2: all right, yeah, what
1: mistakes you know as we get uh, we have just a you know maybe what five minutes maybe i don't know five minutes to go here. what kind of mistakes do authors repeatedly make that we need to avoid?
2: Yeah, and you know, not to sound harsh, Judith, but the most Uh-oh. common mistake—yeah, you know—I'm sorry, I, I just got to—I I, got to be a little negative here. The most common mistake is that authors are too self-absorbed when they when they are working to get publicity for their books. It tends to be me, me, me. I've done this. Here's about me. Here's here's my book. It's very self-absorbed. Um, to the point where the biggest author mistake with a book announcement press release is including the author's name in the headline on the press release. You know, Joe Blow writes um, a new book about bass fishing. Well, unless Joe Blow is the host of an ESPN show on bass fishing and has a show on the Food Network about how to cook bass, nobody knows Joe Blow's name. So you really have to kind of pull yourself out of it, and focus on what is your target audience interested in. So your headline is not Joe Blow writes a book about bass fishing. It's new bass fishing book reveals five the five best bass fishing locations in the US that nobody knows about. Exactly. You want, All right. you want to share information that will help your readers not help you. So focus on delivering information that's useful to your target audience. So that's the first thing is is you know just being a little self-absorbed in your communication. Another thing and this is just a real simple thing but even the pros do this Judith which surprises me. Mm-hmm. Don't distribute your press releases as attached PDF files.
1: Oh or yeah, you do it at- inside the inside the body
2: copy and paste the content inside the body of the email message exactly first of all nobody will open attachments and and i'm like i said i'm shocked that the pros are still doing this but the second thing is judith pdf files whether they're sent through email or whether they're hosted on in the press room on your website It can be hard to copy and paste the content of PDF files. Mm -hmm. Depending on a number of factors that we can't control, sometimes when you copy and paste, you lose all formatting. And so all you have is a chunk of text with no page breaks or no paragraph breaks. Sometimes weird symbols get inserted you know what, it's way too much work. It's way too much work. So even when you host a press release on your website in your press room, present it in a format that's text-based, not a PDF file, so that it's very easy to copy and paste. Small thing, but it can make or break you. All right, and then then
1: we have time for one more mistake to avoid.
2: Yeah, one more mistake is, is don't wait to be discovered. Too many authors think, "Oh, I've written this great book. I'm just going to sit back and wait for the phone to ring." Uh, you know, I wish that I wish it happened. I wish I got more phone calls from people who weren't telemarketers and people who wanted to grab give my books fabulous exposure. Doesn't work that way. You really have to be pro- proactive and somewhat aggressive to get your book the attention it deserves. But it does deserve it. So so please do take the steps to get the word out.
1: And, you know, that ties into an article I just wrote that will be released on uh, Joel Friedlander's blog this week, and it's it's um, on how, you know, literally it's, are you a princess author? And a princess author has no gender, but it's just that you know they're there uh you come to me, I don't come to you uh my book doesn't stink that you know my words just melt like butter in 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 anyone's mouth that every everybody is gonna love me, blah 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 blah, and they don't get it, they won't understand that the way you're successful is you work.
2: It's a business.
1: Yep, always. It's always a business. And, and that's what's really critical. So in, in our last couple of 30 seconds, Sandy, what are you going to be talking about at the extravaganza?
2: Oh, I'm going to be talking nonstop about how to build Book Buzz. We're going, to, we're going to take this up 10 notches, and I'm going to give people real strategies and tactics they can take with them to make things happen so that, like I said, their book gets the attention it deserves. And, and and as it should be. I
1: mean, you've put all this energy and work into it, so now it's time to position. So with experts like um, Sandra Beckwith and so many others who are going to be at the Author You Extravaganza, you're going to be able to take you and your book to huge, sore, 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 sore in the 6x ratio. Sandy, thank so much for being with us, and we're going to have you back again soon.
2: Thank you. I hope so. I'd love to. Uh,
1: You will. All right. Have a great day, everyone. This is Judith Bryles. It's author You, Your Guide to Book Publishing. Here's to being successful with you and your book.
0: Thank you for being a part of Your Guide to Book Publishing Everything You Want to Know But Didn't Know What to Ask, with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Each week,